Saturday sucked. First time in a freaking decade, 10 years, that uh, Penn State has beat Wisconsin. And then it was Badgers up, what, uh, 34-31 at halftime. Mm -hmm. And then Badgers' defense just collapses, and they can't hit a shot to save their lives. Badgers go on to lose 81-71 on the road um, against Penn State. It was That game was just sad. I don't even know how to describe it besides pathetic. I mean, second half started out just trying to jack up threes again. That's all they did. It was um, insane. Penn State scored 50 points in the second half. That's the most Wisconsin has given up this season. And 16, 16 of those came in the paint, and 11 came off of Badgers turnovers. What is with yeah. this team? Well, when one team's allowed to be a lot more physical than the other, it's hard to play your style of defense. No, the Badgers and, haven't even been physical at all, like, all season. I mean, they have some games. Well, but you're not allowed to. Watch if you go back and watch that. Watch Penn State's defense, especially on those double teams, where they're physically bodying and moving people on the defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, it it was just really refed one way. It, it, it looked. I, to me. I don't know, but right. to me, when I watched it on Saturday, I saw the Badgers, especially in the first half. They were going inside quite a bit, especially to Tyler Wall, mm-hmm. yeah. and he was getting buckets. I didn't see really any of that in the no. second half. Second half, they, they gave up their their game plan. All right, RJ, like, but to your point about refs, I have some crazy stats about the refs, the refing crew. But re, yeah, well, Tyler Wall had like 13 points, like right away. Yeah, in he that was game. had a yeah. great first and, half, and most of it came in the paint where he was just absolutely dominating his guy one on one, posting up. Even Nate Reavers had a pretty nice game down low, and then all of a sudden in the second half, they fell in love with shots behind the arc and didn't go back inside. And they lost. Yeah. And and they themselves got absolutely dominated inside in the second half. The first half was it was not I don't get it. The first half you're like, okay, Wisconsin's gonna have a nice little win here. Uh we know Wisconsin all year. They're not what are they ATS rowdy? I know they they're not a covering team. When they win games About it's always five hundred. They're always close games. I mean, they haven't really blown anyone up besides like Louisville and who was the game before Penn State? It was Arkansas Pine Bluff. <laughs> Those games don't count. Yeah. Uh, in Big Ten play, though, they're just like squeaking by. Uh, Badgers can be a good team. That's I mean, they have the veteran experience. They have the ability to do it. But then you see these long stretches of their defense or offense just go stagnant, and then they just stink. And Saturday was just the second half. I mean, they gave up 50 points in the second half, the most they've ever given up this season, and it was to Penn State. Penn State's not a good team. It just didn't make sense to me when you had Tyler Wall posting up, and they were feeding him, Mm -hmm. and he was scoring, and then all of a sudden in the second half, you see him out on the three-point line. He's not in the post. They weren't even looking at him. They weren't even looking to get him the ball. And if I remember correctly, it was like Trice chucking up a three. Everyone was chucking up threes. Aline Ford chucking up threes. I mean, there was a couple times down right after, I think it was like two possessions in a row, where Tyler Wall got post entries, went up and scored, and then the very next two to three possessions, they didn't even look at him. Mm -hmm. It's like, why are you not going back to that well? They shot 25% of three points, seven of 28. With Penn State's offense, some of that was better lucky than good. Yeah. Some of those shots. Dude, that one guy, the the big muscular guy for Penn State, where uh, Butch was like, I don't even know how he made that. How did he make that? That was a crazy shot. They're doing like 360 spins and putting up the ball. It's like, And then someone goes in. Like, Like, I mean, you're not winning this game. No. (laughs) Well, Penn State had probably the... Two most authoritative dunks that I've seen all season from Brockington. <laughs> oh, one that dude. one that went home, and the other one that missed. The <laughs> one that went home was was sick. That guy, I I was at uh, I went to Monks. I was with my dad and my brothers. And we were watching the game, and they threw that dunk down, and the whole place was just like, oh, yeah. that dunk was badass yeah, from that uh, was Brockington. What? I mean, for for Brian Butch, I like that he's not a homer. Yeah, same. I love Brian Butch like on, the, him on the broadcast. On that dunk, he was like, oh. He was almost like trying to be Dickie V. And you're yeah. like, all right. It was a badass dunk. I have comments I want to get to from the Wisconsin Badgers. It's like the the, the Nate Reavers actually had a decent game. 18 believe it points. Not. 18 points. That was nice to he see. He did, and he could have had a better game if they would have kept going inside to yeah. him. Well, T-Wall. We see that all the time now this season from the Badgers, though. The first half will be them down low, getting it done. And then second half, they're like, okay. Now we're going to do the complete opposite. We're just going to stand up by the three-point line and and huck up these NBA range shots. And you can see that it doesn't work because look at what happened. You shot 25% from three. You attempted 28 three-pointers. You made just seven. Mm -hmm. 
and you only got eight free throw attempts. Penn State scored 50 points in the second freaking half. That was the most Wisconsin's given up this season. 16 of those came in the paint and 11 off of Badger turnovers. Uh, Wisconsin did have a nice little game from Nate Reavers, I mean, in recent memory. 18 points. Aleem Ford chipped in 15. Tyler Wall scored 13 points, but all in the first half. Uh, and then they kind of went away from everything they were doing in the first half to just absolutely head-scratching, what are you doing in the second half? What are you doing, Jackie? He's shooting granny style. He's shooting granny style. Let him do his thing. The Badgers, I mean, Demetrius Trice, the Trice lead the way all season with the Badgers. Potter as well. But those two combined for only 12 points on 5 of 16 shooting. Wisconsin went 7 of 28 from beyond the arc. A six-straight game that they did not hit 40% or better on threes. And the Badgers, in this stretch of not shooting 40% or better, they've shot 30.2% from the outside in this six-game stretch, and they've gone three of three. Or, I'm sorry, three and three, excuse me. That's not good. Wisconsin uh, now will get revenge Tuesday. Cole Center, can you guys ever remember a time when they went back-to-back? Back-to-back. With the same team? Four days. Uh, have you, can you remember anything like this? I know I, I'm, I don't think it's ever happened. I think it's COVID stuff, obviously. I mean, it could be back in the day. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I can honestly not remember anything. Well, I mean, we can't remember. And, hell, a lot of people probably can't even remember the last time they lost to Penn State. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> It's I been a decade. So. A decade. <laughs> Our, well, I was, well in, I was in college. <laughs> that wasn't the game. Did the Badgers win? Was that the game when the Penn State won like thirty-four to thirty or something like that? Uh, Do you remember that game? It was like Joe Crab and they flashed it a couple times on the broadcast. I think that was a home game, wasn't it? I don't think that was the loss. Badgers, Penn State. They were just talking about like some history stuff. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. We'll have to go. We'll have to get the research department on that. All right, but I have comments here from um, Guard Reavers Wall. All right, boys. Here is Greg Guard saying that their defense. Has been good at times, just not consistent. Because we've seen that, right? The Badgers, at times, their defense looks just awesome. Like, they could stop anything. Mm-hmm. And then they come back, like like a Penn State. And then they come back out, and it's just non-existent. We are. We're at times, we're really, really good. And for us to play at a high level, we have to be good on that end of the floor. I think the notion that we're going to outscore teams is is the fairy tale. I mean, we've got to be really good defensively. And, you know, at times we were, but for the most part, the large majority tonight, we were today, we were not. Yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, you gave up 50 points in the second half. Can't stress that enough. Here's more from Gardo about playing at a high level D. For us to play at a high level, we have to be good defensively. And to try to twist it any other way, we see the result. So that's, you know, as a coaching staff, we got to continue, I got to continue to, find better ways to communicate that, to get them to understand it. They see it. Like I said, you know, that's always the challenge, you know, trying to be as consistent as possible. Yes, RJ? Uh, the research department, just let me know. All right, thank you, research uh, department. Uh, that score was 56-52 in January 29th, 2011. So it was almost to the date. Really? It was, yeah. <laughs> the last loss was what again? 50 what? 56-52. Okay. I was and thinking the, the, was, the one the win at home was 76-66. So the really low scoring one the Badgers won that game. Like yeah. the super low scoring one. Uh they have not found that one yet. All right, research department, get on your grind. All right, so here now there we heard from Gardo. Now let's hear from, you know, Nate Reavers 18 points. He's looked a lot better than he has these past, you know, couple weeks here. But Reavers talks on the lack of consistency on defense. Yeah, I mean, you would expect us, especially being a senior-led group, to be more consistent. And, you know, that's, that's the big thing Coach Gar has been talking about. I mean, our, our coaches are doing everything they can, film and whatnot, to get us prepared. And, you know, it's really frustrating because we, we know we can do it, and we've proven that. There's not a lot of confidence in that voice. Uh, here's Reavers talking about yeah. time to time to write the ship. There's still time to write it. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of time. We've still got nine nine games left in regular season here in this league. So, That's it. Um, you know, we, we know we can put it together and string it along. So it's, it's not easy to win eight games, though. So, you know, that stretch we had last year is not very common in this league. So when you, when you do get consistent and you work hard and you get everything to fall in the right place, that's when you get rolling. I know it's after a loss and they're talking to the media, but that sounds like a guy who was just dejected and done. <sighs> 
<laughs> All right, so they do have Penn State. We were talking about, like, when's the last time they had a back-to-back? Penn State does come to the Kohl Center on Tuesday, so here's one more for Reavers. That's no, a great thing. Now, Coach says we failed the test today, but, you know, you get to – you get a retake. You get to redo it. Change your grade in the grade book. It's uh, you know we'll we'll see how well we've improved defensively after watching the tape, and getting ready. So it's a great thing to be able to play play another team right away, and you know get them back. It's it's a good thing, coach says. <laughs> it starts out. It's a good thing, coach says. There's like no desire or heart or anything. Like I mean, I know it's after loss, like I said, but it just sounds like a defeated man in that press conference. This man. Yeah, you stink. I'm going to quote Dave from Monona here. But if you fail your first test... Hang on, hang on. I'm going to quote Dave from Monona here. (laughs) If you fail your first test, and it's either just pass or fail, and you take the loss, and you you say you pass the second test, you're still shooting about 50%. 50%. (laughs) That ain't very good. I don't know what kind of generation this guy came up in. This generation. This generation. All right, let's hear from Tyler Wall then. Uh, talking about this generation struggling with consistency and defense from Tyler Wall. Yeah, I feel like that's a that's a struggle with a lot of teams this year with COVID and everything. But at the end of the day, we kind of just got to figure it out here within these next couple games, hopefully. And okay, did he just blame COVID for struggling on defense? Yeah, I feel like that's a that's a struggle with a lot of teams this year with COVID and everything. But with the consistency and defense is COVID related. Yeah, they're trying to socially distance. A lot of people are saying that though. Then how come how come I see teams NCAA against the Badgers? Wise. How come I see teams against the Badgers then clamp down on defense? Because uh, they're allowed to. <laughs> I'll get to the, the, that. There are times is there you a can mental... watch, and the I know, Badgers I know. are not allowed. I'll give you to the do stats. Some of the hand checking other teams are. So the Badgers, the officials for the Badgers Penn State game on Saturday, was uh, one guy specifically. I want to bring up Bo Borowski. What a name, right? Bo Borowski. Sounds like a guy that. It's only a guy that might have a bookie on the side, and if you didn't pay him right, he'd send like his guy like Rocco with a lead pipe after you. He sounds like a guy who makes bets and gets paid for making things closer than normal. Bo Borowski. He has refed six games for the Badgers, and he was the ref in their last three losses, Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan, as well as the Marquette game. Bo Borowski, while one of the officials for the Badgers, Badgers are two in four in games when he is refing, and when he is not refing the Badgers, Bucky is eleven and one. Two and four when Bo Borowski refs the Badgers, and when he's not part of the crew, the Badgers are eleven and one. That's a little strange, right? So we look at that, and the Bucky's two wins while Bo Borowski was refing was the win over UW Green Bay. That's Bucky won like eighty-two to forty-two. And then the other win was against Rhode Island, 73-62. to And UW led that Rhode Island game 33-16 to and a half. And then in the second half, there were 15 more fouls called in the second half than the first. Little strange. Little strange. Little strange. And then uh, one of this, uh, one of my, fo- you know, we follow each other on Twitter, No Moss. He also crunched some numbers. He said, over the past six years, the Badgers are 19-16 and 16 when he refs. Over that same period when he's not refing, the Badgers are 121 and 67 overall. He's been on the floor for 24% of the Badgers' losses while refing 14% of their games. Over the last six years. Yeah. That's, I mean, no matter how you look at it, and what you look at some of those losses, Michigan. Badgers had no chance of ever winning that one anyway. Um, and yeah, some some of the time. When you're missing those shots and you're going down low and not getting the calls the other team is getting, yeah, it's hard to play your game because no matter what's happening, you're it's in the back of your head that you're not going to get fouled or you're going to be called for a foul. It's insane. Okay, I'm I'm just just reading this again. The Badgers in the last six years, 121 and 67 overall. When Bobarowski refs, He's been on the floor for 24% of their losses while refing only 14% of the games. 19 and 16 when he refs over the same span, though, 121 and 67 overall. Is that just curious? Is it coincidence? Or is it like something to be raising an eyebrow over? Rowdy, what do you think? You're, See a, the you're n- a numbers guy. See the uh, nephew of uh, Donahue? <laughs> the Tim, was it Tim, <laughs> Tim Donahue, Donahue from the yeah. NBA? Who got busted in the NBA for fixing games? Uh-huh. Or did his uncle Sal have something to do with Boston College? 
<laughs> Isn't that just? Is this me? Is it just? Is it? Is it weird? Is it something we should just? What is it? It does seem a little suspicious. It's a little suspicious, but I'd like to see if they cross-referenced all the other names that had ref them. Yeah, that's a good point. What that would look like. Yeah. You know what point. I mean? Because I mean, yeah. we you extrapolate yeah. the certain individuals out of there and see what their stuff is. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It would be more telling because just pulling out this guy's statistics, it can tell you anything. Yeah, you can you can take stats and skew it one way or the but other. But if yeah, if you grabbed every single ref that's ref them say for like the past few years and did the same thing i'd be curious to see what their statistics would look like because if they all relatively had close to the same statistics and then this guy was way out there yeah, then there might be something up <laughs> yeah there might be a little i fishy. think uh there might be some more research that needs to be done research department got to kick it in overtime let's go to the phone squad i don't we'll think be- the research department can figure that one out. no yeah that's hey. gonna take a while we're well, maybe need, we'll get an outside we're gonna to, to, we're outside <laughs> firm gonna have to learn about pepe silva yeah oh pepe silva let's go to the phones who's this Charlie, 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 Charlie. Yeah. One second. All right. So Penn State at the Kohl Center Tuesday. We'll put a bow on the Penn State conversation. We getting a win, or is it one of those games where you're just like, I have no idea anymore? Because Wisconsin's such a roller coaster ride now. What is it? The last year and a half, Wisconsin hasn't lost back to back games. Yep, have not lost the back to back games in a long time. Uh, you just saw this Penn State team. You looked really good in the first half, well, the majority of the first half. I think they bounce back and get a win. Again, they're only like covering 50% of games, so I'd, I wouldn't be uh, be out there looking to jump on the, the bandwagon for a Badgers cover, but I think they can win the game, Yeah, and they should win the game, right? If, if they can't come back yeah, just, just a few days later after an embarrassing loss like that where you were winning in the first half and then you just seemed to go away from everything that worked and you got soft inside, if you can't fix that issue in just a few days and you're on your own home floor sleeping in your own bed. Man. We talked about this before that this was like a not a good sign to see from a senior laden team about yeah. how they continue to be soft inside, how they continue to not feel like they want to be there the whole time, and that it would lead to trouble down the road. Well, well we're starting to get down that well, road. Yeah, we're, as we're, it's we're, now February. We're down the road. We're on the. We're, and, we're, and we're getting still, close to the end here. They're still having the same types of issues and concerns, and. I think this is just kind of the Wisconsin team we're going to see for the next two months. It's been a year since Wisconsin lost back-to-back games. Badgers, and this was coming after their win um, over Maryland. So Wisconsin's been a year since they lost back-to-back games. Badgers improved to 5-0 and over the last two seasons in games against teams that beat them earlier in the year. So if we go with trends or our friends. What, what, if, what about teams they've played really the game prior. (laughs) (laughs) Again, I don't know if we can ever remember a time like this, but it'll be put to the test Tuesday at the Kohl Center. It's, uh, yeah, very, very, very intriguing. So over the weekend, madness out of the NFL. It's madness. Matt Stafford spent his entire NFL career with the Detroit Lions, and now he's no longer with them as he's been traded to the Los Angeles Rams in exchange for the Rams' First round draft picks in 2022, 2023, a third round pick in 2021, and just to do uh, the Rams quarterback dirty, or former Rams quarterback dirty, they threw in Jared Goff as well. Jared Goff, welcome to the NFC North. Uh, I hope you listen to your uh, new head coach, Dan Campbell's press conference. You're going to be biting a lot of kneecaps and punching people in the throats. So Jared Goff does not look like a guy who would do that. But with this mega deal going down, um, a lot of people said that the Lions fleeced the L.A. Rams. And then I hear a lot of people saying, no, the Rams fleeced, somehow, the Lions for immediate success. Stafford gets a ton of weapons on offense um, and a really awesome good defense and a really good head coach in Sean McVay. And Detroit potentially gets to stack up for their future, which I feel like Detroit's been doing since their existence. Who won this trade, boys? In my opinion, I like it for both teams. I see I see pros for both teams. Mm-hmm. Just because Matthew Stafford wanted to move on from Detroit. Wasn't a secret. I mean, he asked to, to leave. Yep. And obviously, Matthew Stafford was one of the most valuable pieces on the Detroit Lions team. I think that's pretty clear. Yep. And he was getting paid a decent chunk of money over the next two seasons. So they send him to the Rams. 
because the Rams obviously think they need a quarterback because Jared Goffson signing that extension really hasn't lived up to the deal. You could see his flaws pretty much in that 2017 season. Yeah. Leading up to, or, you know, around that Super Bowl run, you could still see Jared Goff had some flaws. Big time. And you were kind of scratching your head why the Los Angeles Rams would give him that big of a contract at that time. But then you look at it in the Rams' perspective, you're built to win now. They have a lot of free agents that they've signed in the last few years or trades like Jalen Ramsey that they've made yeah. that have made them strong for the next couple of years. Now you bring in a a good quarterback, one that's much better than Jared Goff. Big fan of, I'm a big fan of Stafford. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, Rams fans should be used to this. They haven't had a first-round pick since 2016 when they selected Jared Goff. So what's <laughs> what's the next two years of not having a first-round pick? You got your quarterback. Dude, check yeah. this out. Check and, this out. Yeah, Rowdy? Well, and then from the Detroit side you got two first round picks you got a third round pick and you got a middle of the road quarterback Quarterback, yeah so I mean you now have the quarterback that's going to be under contract for at least technically I think it's three or four more years but two of them in which you're really probably not going to move them yeah because it's too much money well and then I saw a stat being put out like when the Washington football team was winning Super Bowls and stuff they went to over a like 22 year period they went 18 of those years or something like that without a first-round pick. Well, check this out. Rams, first-round picks by year. 2016, they have Jared Goff. And then from 2017 until now 2023, they will have no first-round draft picks. From 2017 to 2023, zero. I mean, they're doing all right. <laughs> yeah, they are. And they still have a lot of talent. He's going to have the Cooper Cup. He's going to have Robert Woods. I mean, they just drafted Cam Akers. Yep. So he has some a talent lot of around him. But the Lions, they stacked up on more first-round picks. It's a team that needs more picks because they need more talent and more players. Yep. They got a serviceable quarterback. He's not great, but he's not terrible. Yeah. A lot of teams around the league, like the football teams of the world, would love to have a Jared Goff. Who's better, Jared team. Goff or Kirk Cousins in the NFC North? Now that's a good question. Yeah. I'd say I think they're very equal. They're very similar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But again, it's a guy that you ended up bringing in two extra first-round picks a third round pick and that quarterback. And you got rid of a guy that didn't want to be didn't there in his massive contract. Yeah. Yeah. You basically swapped massive contracts, got a little worse at quarterback, but added two first round picks and a third. That's win, win. I think it's win for both teams, but don't discredit the lions ability to ex- ex- just well, unexpectedly yeah. w- waste careers of first well, round draft that's picks. That's another big thing. Just for the losing stench right now. Detroit has to hit on those draft picks. They have they're, to, they're worth yeah. nothing if you don't hit on, but right. it's Detroit. We know their entire existence. They, they will hit on something, but they they'll just waste the Sanders. career. Megatron. Kelvin, Kelvin th- Johnson, Matt Stafford. I think lately, I mean, they've, they've drafted. All right. Yeah. The, the Detroit lions. Yeah. I mean, I don't still think uh, last. I don't think the coaching staff was much no. to talk about yeah. the last couple of years under Matt Patricia, but I mean they've got some players. It's not like they're void of talent. No, that, correct, mm-hmm. but the thing is, I will never, I will never discredit the Lions' ability to just waste the careers of all timers. <laughs> like who would you, who would you rather be right now, the Jets or the Lions? Like the Lions are clearly a better team than the Jets yeah. roster wise. Yes, yes, they are totally. I mean, the Jets but got this loser stench to them, too, Coaching-wise, it seems like they have the better coach right now, the Jets. Robert Sala? Yeah. Well, yeah, you got two first-year head coaches. Robert I Sala mean, didn't have an unhinged presser, but I like Dan Campbell's presser. But also, Dan Campbell wasn't <laughs> – I know small sample size here, but Dan Campbell had some success as an interim head yeah. coach in Miami. Yep. Now, granted, yep. it's small. Robert Sala's never been a head coach. Right. I think both are pretty unproven overall, but – I, that Jets roster. I don't know why you yeah. want to go to New York. No, no. The, looking at though, I mean, everyone's the only, like, I don't even know if Bill O'Brien could make the Jets roster worse. To be honest, let him get in there. <laughs> he might find a way. He can find. He can find a way, Rowdy. I don't know. Start flipping some. You might be able to find a way. I don't know. But yeah, you got Matt Stafford now. And listen, I'm a I'm a Matt Stafford guy. I like Matt Stafford a lot. He when he and the Lions were healthy, didn't they go? Uh, did they go 11 and five one year? Like when all the cards aligned for him. I want to say they had one year. They had a they lot of success. Pretty good, yeah. And then obviously got bounced, you know, from the playoffs. But the Lions, Matt Stafford always gave it his all. Matt Stafford was always out there, no matter what, to try and put the team on his back. And I, I usually don't feel this way about players, but I'm kind of glad for Matt Stafford. I'm not. I don't like the fact that he's in the NFC still, but I'm glad that Matt Stafford finally has an opportunity to possibly thrive. 
The unfortunate thing is it's in the NFC, and it's the L.A. Rams, and they have an insane defense, and they have a lot of good pieces, and they could be a potential foe for the Packers if they do get back to the yeah, playoffs. Yeah, since drafting Matthew Stafford, their best seasons were 11-5, and 10-6, and six, and two 9-7 and seven seasons. Yeah, the 11-5 and five season is when everyone was healthy for a long time. Like, th- that was the Didn't most healthy. Didn't win a division, though. Got second twice. Yeah, yep. <laughs> Couldn't yeah. get past the wild card stage. Nope. Who'd they lose to in the wild card? Does it say right there? But, yeah, the Rams... Jared Goff. I feel like they kind of did Jared Goff yeah. a little dirty. But. So think about this, though. This is actually really funny. So they went 10-6 and six in 2011 with Jim Schwartz. Obviously, a few years later, they can him. They bring in Jim Caldwell. Mm-hmm. They go 11-5, and 7-9, and 9-7, and 9-7. Fire Caldwell. Pick up Patricia. 6-10, and 3-12-1, and one, and then a combined Patricia and Bevel go 5-11. and 11. Patricia, dude, that guy was a bomb. That guy stunk. Bad decision to get rid of Caldwell. You can just look at Patricia and be like, this guy smells. Three was the last time they won the division. Yeah, the, I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, when it was the Central, I think the Buccaneers have won this, have won that division before the Lions have even sniffed it. Ah, man, you just look at you just look at these wins losses from Detroit since 2000, and you go, how can you get rid of Jim Caldwell after four seasons where he had three out of his four years were winning records? Yeah, and when you're did, Detroit. When did Megatron say enough's enough? Like I'm done with this organization. Because he, he retired way too early. Was it 2014, 2013? 2015 15? was the last time he led the team in receiving. So maybe yeah. that 2016 season was the first time without him? Probably. Yeah. I mean, you would imagine if uh, Megatron was on your team, you'd be leading. You'd think so, but 2014, Golden Tate was the leading receiver for the team. Oof. All right, let me ask you guys. When you when you look at Jared Goff, just uh, and we're judging right now. We're definitely judging a book by its cover. When you look at Jared Goff, just looking at him, he looks like sunshine, like California from sunshine. what? Yeah. What is that? Remember the Titans? Yeah. I actually think he that looks like sunshine. Jared Goff, when you California. put him in a put him out there in a pocket, if he has a good offensive line, he's pretty good when he has time. Because when he's he actually can make reads. I mean, he was in a Sean McVay offense. Yeah. Now, like Matt Lafleur, they're going to draw up and scheme and have receivers come open. But you still have to make your reads to find which receivers come open. He he can read defenses. His biggest thing, from what I've noticed over the years, is that when he doesn't have time, his feet happy feet. His feet get a little happy. Gets a little uh, timid, and that's when balls start to either soar. Or go into the ground. Okay. But when given time and having a decent, uh, decent offensive line, he's not a bad quarterback. I, and You've so, seen that. Rowdy, I'm not going X's and O's with this right now, but you're spot on. But I'm not going X's and O's. When you just look at Jared Goff, I look at this guy that just screams California, like crushing soy burgers, uh, wheatgrass shots, et cetera, et cetera. And then when him, now coming to Detroit, his head coach, now this they put the Friday Night Lights theme under Dan Campbell's presser. Think of what Jared Goff looks like, then think of Dan Campbell and what he said. The city's been been down, and it's found a way to get up. All right, it's found a way to uh, overcome adversity. All right, and so this team's going to be built on. Uh, we're going to kick you in the teeth. All right, and, and when you punch us back, we're going to smile at you. And when you knock us down, we're going to get up. And on the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off. All right, and we're going to stand up. And then it's going to take two more shots to knock us down. All right, and on the way up, we're going to take your other kneecap, and we're going to get up, and then it's going to take three shots to get us down. And when we do, we're going to take another hunk out of you. Before before long, we're going to be the last one standing. All right, that's going to be the mentality. So when you look at Jared Goff, does it look like a guy who's going to bite someone's kneecap or take a hunk out of you? He looks like a guy that's going to fight or flight. He's flighting. I don't know. When you play with three pins in your thumb and you play, I'm just saying, really, I'm saying we're just judging really by what he looks like, RJ. Not what actually happened, just judging by this look. Jared Goff had some uh, parting shots for Sean McVay when he left, though. Did you see who he so he spoke to Michael Silver and had some comments? Yeah. See what he said to Sean McVay? Yeah. Well, he basically, on his way out, he told uh, Michael Silver from Sports Illustrated, quote, I'm just excited to be somewhere that I know wants me and appreciates me. Yeah, we had those reports coming out before the the game too, yeah. right? In the playoffs, that like their relationship well, had become. And you could tell in those last couple of weeks of the season that uh, Sean McVay wanted to play John Walford over. Yeah, Jared Goff, and Goff which, was pissed. Yeah, and he should be. His name is John Walford. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, yeah, Jared Goff now a member of the Detroit Lions. I still say Lions last in the NFC North coming up. Could be the Bears. 
but I still feel like it's the Lions. What do you guys think? I mean, you're hard-pressed to not say the Lions. It's the Lions. Um, it's the Lions. Yeah. Death taxes and the Lions suck. Yeah. I mean, Three constants of life. It's it's one of the, like, I do think it's a step down in quarterback talent. Oh, totally. Matt Stafford, yeah, totally. You watched Matthew Stafford play for the Lions, and he gave his heart and soul for that team, but the team did not return I mean, the favor. This this trade is well worth it for the, the Lions if they can hit on those two right. first-rounders. Before Jared Goff went to Detroit and Matt Stafford went to L.A., apparently, apparently, according to the L.A. Times, this happened. Well, yeah, I mean, they wanted to upgrade uh, from Jared Goff. Uh, they felt like there were a certain number of quarterbacks who could do that. Uh, I think Deshaun Watson was out of their price range. Uh, they made a run at Aaron Rodgers, and uh, the Packers were adamant that they weren't trading him. So according to the L.A. Times, Sam Farmer, the Rams gauged the Packers' interest in trading the soon-to-be three-time NFL MVP. Tried to make a run at Rodgers, but the Packers told the Rams brass that they were adamant that they were not trading Aaron Rodgers. Rowdy, I saw a lot of people online saying that this is fake news and this is just clickbait. These same guys are like their their Twitter handle will be like at at Jeff with a like a string of like thirty numbers behind it, and they have an egg as an Avi profile. It's funny because all these keyboard warriors want you to believe that this is fake news and that uh, the, you know, the L.A. Times are making this up and that they just want your clicks. But if you go back last week, weren't, wasn't I accused of stoking the fires of this Aaron Rodgers trade that was never happening and that these, uh, it was a Jason LaConfora article that he had NFL GMs, head coaches, execs, all talking that they were going to try and trade for Aaron Rodgers. And now what has come to fruition? The Rams allegedly made a run at Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and it wasn't just him and his article. There was also whispers and other people talking about how this relationship with Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers have soured since that uh, uh-huh. NFC championship game. This is going to be the biggest story talked about in the offseason is the divorce between Rodgers and the Packers. And then you had stuff like that article. And, yep. and now... These L.A. Times, what was it, Sam Farmer? Sam Farmer. I mean, it could it could be a bunch of fake news, but if it is fake news, it is what it is. Yeah. Who cares? But I mean, this, there, these are multiple people now saying if this. If there is smoke, there's fire. It should put every single Packer fan at ease. The fact that the Packers were very adamant they're not trading Aaron Rodgers. I feel like a lot of— Do you of, believe him, though? I mean, or else they probably would have, wouldn't you think? If they really wanted, if they didn't out, get in, enough in return, though, maybe they didn't. If they really wanted, if they really wanted Aaron Rodgers out, I think they probably could have got a, got a deal done. I mean, well, there's it, other teams interested, though. I guarantee you that. Oh, I'm sure. And I'm sure we'll find hear more reports possibly of teams well, I mean, coming after Aaron Rodgers. Here's the thing: who's not interested in an MVP? Right? Exactly. Like, just like, okay, so you have the Rams, you have Jared Goff, you're looking to get rid of that contract. To be able to move that contract, you also got to look at guys that are making a ton of money, yep. and then you're going to have to give up a ton on top of that. They probably, if you really were thinking about upgrading a quarterback, you're probably checking in on a ton of different quarterbacks. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers would be on that list, especially with the rumors that were floating around, whether that's fake news or not. You should still always be kicking the tires yeah, always, on a player that's better. You always got to be trying to be getting better. If you're not, you're dying. You're I mean, dying the, Brewers, the, the Brewers and the Packers are supposedly, according to the media, kings of that. <laughs> kicking the tires on everybody but never pulling a trigger. Yeah, Brian Gutekunst, man, he's going to be in every conversation for every free agent. Just in the conversation. He's not actually going to pull the trigger. He's just going to be in the conversation. But, yeah, L.A. Times reporting that Aaron Rodgers was in uh, discussion. Well, not discussion, but they were asking the Packers brass and they are adamant that they would not be trading Rodgers. But, you know, I, I foresee Rodgers coming back, obviously, for the Packers. I also saw there was going to be like a, it was like a rumor out there. There was a mega deal happening for, uh, God, I'll have to go look again. But Rodgers' name was thrown in, but it was very, very, very well, loose. Here's the thing with Aaron Rodgers. The fact that he's under contract for three more seasons and the next one is an extremely heavy uh, dead cap season for the Packers – where they would have to eat a lot of money if they cut him. Yep. It makes it extremely hard to get to get rid of him, right? Okay, it does, but because guess who has the same amount of money as Aaron Rodgers? 
tied Matt Stafford, or I'm sorry, Jared Goff. Exactly. But then the Rams probably weren't willing to give up what the Packers would have wanted. But I actually believe that the Packers were adamant that they weren't trading him. I I believe it. I believe it. I mean, he's going to be MVP. I freaking believe it. And especially next season, if you don't have the type of contract that uh, Jared Goff had or guys that were up there, it's extremely hard to be able to move Aaron Rodgers with that contract. That's why you had those rumors talking about how Aaron Rodgers was looking to change and restructure his his deals to be more base heavy these upcoming years to make it harder for the Packers to move him. Yeah. Kind of like this. Because I mean, if you think about it, if you're trying to trade with the Rams for Jared Goff and Aaron Rodgers and then the Rams throwing in stuff, why would you want Jared Goff? Yeah. Even if they brought I don't know even if they brought, say, two or three first round draft picks, why would you want Jared Goff? So Jared Goff and Aaron Rodgers the same amount of money. I mean, Rodgers was tied fifth with Goff for money in the NFL. The re- and a lot of people are like, well, man, the Rams the Rams gave up way too much for Matt Stafford. Why would they give up the first-round pick in 2022, the first-round pick in 2023, and a third-round pick in 2021? It was because of Jared Goff's contract. That, that, was, that was why the, the Lions were like, all right, well, we're going to take this on. We need some more than just Goff. That's why they got all those picks. And that's that's the funniest part about the Jared Goff contract is the fact that that was Sean McVay loving Jared Goff, and that was the front office loving Jared Goff after that uh, Super Bowl run. Yeah. They're the ones that gave him that big deal. Now they're eating it. No, they're eating it hard, too. And uh, <laughs> it's funny how, you know, that's just how fickle the NFL is in just a few years. Yeah, it's crazy. So – Looking at this, and I'm going to get into, um, you know, the 2016 quarterback draft class because it's like eye-opening. It's wild uh, with this Jared Goff move uh, and everyone else in his same class. But you look at the Rams' first-round picks by year. They took Jared Goff in 2016. And then in 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022, and 2023, they will have zero first-round draft picks. They have no first-round draft picks from 2017 till 2023. Now you have after to trading say, Goff. Though, since Sean McVay took over as head coach, they've been pretty successful without having any first-round picks. Yeah. Oh, right? they've been phenomenal. Because Sean McVay's never had a losing season as a as the Rams head coach, and I believe they've made the playoffs every year but one. Yeah, and obviously a they've Super Bowl appearance. That's with Jared Goff being the quarterback. Obviously, now I that's love the addition of Matt Stafford. One hundred percent an upgrade to Matthew Stafford. Look at all the weapons that Stafford has now. Uh, just as long as he can stay healthy, man. And they got that defense, man. Okay, Rowdy, let me ask you though. If let's just let's just let's just do a little something here. If what would what would you want in return for Aaron Rodgers for something like this? Like, let's say that like okay, that we'll give you the 2022, 2023 first round picks, and then a third pick in twenty twenty one. Obviously, I mean, if the reports are true that they made a run for Rodgers, the Packers said no, that wasn't enough. The, what is there anything? Could you ever, after a season that he had MVP year and you're one game away from the Super Bowl, could you ever accept a trade? No matter, doesn't matter who it is, but would you ever accept anything for a trade for Aaron Rodgers? So you're talking about an Aaron Rodgers, a guy that's. On his way to winning three MVPs, yep. Super Bowl champion. Would you ever accept any any trade? Fun fact out there for all of the uh, guys talking about Brady statistics in the playoffs and Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers has never lost a Super Bowl. That's that's a very good point. Undefeated in Super Bowls. Undefeated in Super Bowls. But how how many more years do you think Aaron Rodgers has left in him? So he's he's currently under contract for three more seasons. I think if he stays healthy, no major injuries, no more collarbones, you know, nothing like that. I think he's got three or four good years left in him. I mean, yeah, I could see that. And then you look at, yeah. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is still at a high level. Three or four good years left in him. I think once you hit that 40 years old is when you start to get a little sketchy. And look at Drew Brees, you know, look at. So I'll go with three I mean, or four years. Tom Brady, the only Tom way Brady. I could get rid of Aaron Rodgers right now, knowing that he has three to four good years left in him. Would you ever accept any trade? I would, have to be, I would have to know that I'm getting a good quarterback in return. I would, I would, and and it has to be a good quarterback that's young, Deshaun Watson, like a Deshaun Watson. That's the only way I could get rid of Aaron Rodgers because I would obviously be uh, cementing my future with a Deshaun Watson type quarterback for the next ten to fifteen years and trading off that three to four years of Aaron Rodgers at a high level. That's the only way I could pull this trigger. I'm sorry, but uh, draft picks giving me two, three, four first round picks. I don't think it would be enough. Because those draft picks, 
aren't guaranteed. No, they're it's, not at all. It's pre- it's just like prospects in baseball. Yeah. And, and the Packers, where they're currently at, they shouldn't be ready to rebuild. They're not rebuilding. You have Aaron Rodgers coming off and most likely an MVP season. Like we said, he's got three to four years left. You should be going all in for Aaron Rodgers trying to win one more championship now. The rebuild will happen in probably three to four years so, when he goes, but the time is not now for that. No, but did you ever, would you ever, well, I know Stafford wanted out of Detroit. I mean, it no, was. No, I would it, never have traded for Matthew Stafford. No, I'm not. I'm not asking you a specific player. I'm just like, is there anything that could sweeten the deal enough to be like, okay, I could justify and stomach an Aaron Rodgers trade. I could stomach Deshaun Watson. I did see this. There's not really outside of Deshaun Watson. Who's a quarterback that you would really think about entertaining a trade for? None. That's that young. Just Deshaun Watson. Because you know the Chiefs aren't going to trade Patrick no. Mahomes. So well, that's yeah, a, I'm not a stupid. Uh, yeah, that's out of the question. Just Deshaun Watson. That's it. That's about it. I, I can't come up with anyone else off the top of my head that I would say I would I saw even this. think about trading Aaron Rodgers It was for. ESPN NFL insider Bill Barnwell. He suggested that a massive four-team deal could potentially take shape after this Goff and uh, Stafford trade. The transaction would have four teams, the Houston Texans, the Green Bay Packers, the San Francisco 49ers, and the New England Patriots. He suggested, and something that was maybe rumors around there, in this deal, the Packers would acquire Watson from Houston, obviously, and a 2022 second-round pick from San Francisco. The Niners would receive Rodgers from Green Bay, the 142nd overall pick in 2021 from New England, and a 2022 fourth-round pick from Houston. And on the other side, the Texans would get Jordan Love, the 12th overall pick in 2021 from the Niners, the 30th overall pick in 2021 from Green Bay, and a 2022 first-round pick from San Francisco. And then the Patriots would land, how about this, Jimmy Garoppolo from the Niners, who has been on the outs with the Niners you know, for this, after this season. How about that, dude? That was something that was suggested. It's a just complete rumor. Nothing solid at all, but this was what they were opining on. I feel on. like that's also something you need to have in front of you. <laughs> to, to look at with all the uh, different uh, draft picks and players going everywhere. Yep. But so I, going back to Rodgers, I no, this is Rodgers. I know, but it's just like I don't think there's any quarterback that I would straight up trade Aaron Rodgers for that's not named Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson, and one of them's unmovable. And one of them is very movable because he wants out of Houston, and they've granted him his wish, and or they will grant him his wish when it happens. And I don't see the Packers trading for him. Well, they said they are adamant. <laughs> they said they are adamant that they will not be trading Aaron Rodgers. But I'll go back to the draft that just happened. Remember the shockwaves that were sent when they did move up in the draft to take a quarterback in Jordan Love? Did you ever think that was going to happen? No. No. But also, I feel like if, if we've <laughs> learned anything from the past two seasons with Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers... It's the fact that Aaron Rodgers knows his time is limited. He knows that his time is starting to wind down. The Packers know that too. The Packers know that too. He's relatively healthy. They stuck with the same, basically the same team the last couple seasons, and it's gotten to the NFC Championship game. I don't think there could be more signs right in your face saying, go all in, go acquire better players, go draft skilled position players, put players around Aaron Rodgers. You say that, and after you look at that NFC Championship game against the Niners two years ago, isn't that the most glaring thing that was happening for the Packers? Aaron Rodgers is at the end of his ending his career. You need to go all in. You are one game away from the Super Bowl, and what did they do? They didn't draft a single wide receiver in the richest wide receiver draft class in history, and we knew that Rodgers needed another weapon. And they drafted his potential replacement instead, and then uh, what? A H-back? A running back? And then some guys that you never even saw on the field. In the past. Once you say that two years ago it was glaring that they needed to do something to help the now, but said they did the future. In the past 30 years being a Green Bay Packers fan, what were your two happiest moments? In the past how many years you said? 30. I'll be the two Super Bowl wins. Exactly. No one cares about when you lose to Seattle on a, a botched onside kick. No. no one cares about when you lose to Atlanta and get absolutely hammered. No one cares about when you get absolutely smoked by the 49ers. It's just talked about as a bad loss. The two the two years you actually care about are the Super Bowls. 
And what did the Packers do when they were so close to the Super Bowl the last, let's just go back to last year? Did they try for the now? No, they keep preparing for the future, the future, the future. Well, guess what? The odds that your future are what your past 30 years have been are not great. Not great, Bob. What are the odds that Jordan Love is now going to be a Hall of Famer? Ooh. Or a or a top 10 quarterback of all time. Because that's what you had the last what two quarterbacks. A, what are the odds of lightning striking three times? I'm going to say very, very, very long, large odds, Rowdy. So you might as well go all in now and give us one more Super Bowl at least, right? At least one more appearance. Come on. Yeah, but instead of watching back, well, they'll next year or this coming year they'll draft Jordan Love's backup. If they if Aaron Rodgers plays out the rest of his career with the Green Bay Packers another three four more years, and they don't go all in and try and give him actual skilled players, better receivers, you know, better whatever. Yeah, what did they do last year? They didn't do that. They're a game away from the Super Bowl. It's a and they drafted his replacement. Biggest disappointment ever. They drafted his replacement. They're one game away from the Super Bowl. I just, it's alarming. It'd almost be enough to turn you off from being a Packer fan. Major League Baseball Players Association, Mulls. Major League Baseball's pitch for a delayed 154-game season. After months, they say, of scattered dialogue, the parties, the association, Players Association and the league, find themselves in a similar position last year somehow when it comes to the pandemic. They're disagreeing over the proper path forward. Shocking. Completely shocking. That they wouldn't, uh, you know, come together here. The league has proposed to push back the start of spring training to late March and the beginning of the season to late April. That includes a fifth, 154-game schedule that would pay players their full 162-game salaries, according to sources. So the proposal concerns that the Players Association on multiple fronts, play, uh, there's concerns here with pitchers having to ramp up to start spring training around February 17th. They are uh, wanting to shut down these facilities. They want them all to get vaccines, uh, the vaccine. And then they also, in like the Cactus League, has already talked about having to delay the start of their season because of Mara, was it Mara, Maricopa, Maricopa County? County? Maricopa County is allegedly spiking, but I don't think they're even releasing their information uh, to the public. Uh, Rowdy, they're already disagreeing. So what do we think is going to happen here? I think we better strap in for a delayed start to the season. No, I, I think the players are going to show up to these so. places. And they're going to say we're going to play. Like the biggest, my biggest question to MLB for proposing this is why? Yeah. What What's your reasoning? I know their reasoning, according to the article, is supposedly recommendation of health experts. <laughs> Who are these health experts? Can you put names on them so we can ask them questions? Like, how, about, yeah, how about they just have like an open dialogue? Like, hey, like here's a panel. And here, like, I would love to just watch the Players Association, and they'll never do this. It, the Players Association and Major League Baseball and their and their health panel, it, like, talk from, about it. It's from health experts, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, they're saying they would like to restart the season once the COVID nineteen cases have dipped. Well, you're already putting what you want to propose is two weeks later. What if? The quote-unquote cases haven't dipped then. What's just two gonna weeks going to do? Yeah, what is two weeks going to do? I don't understand what two weeks will, is, will do. What What did it do for Major League Baseball pushing back their last season, their 2020 season, It just pissed, It just July. alienated the entire fan base, and it, it didn't do anything besides have a 60-game regular season. What did it do? How much did their testing change? I don't it think didn't. it didn't. It didn't at all. There's nothing. There's nothing that has changed. The status quo of COVID hasn't changed. All those two weeks, though, you know, we're going to let them pushing it back two weeks. And wasn't the one thing that Major League Baseball and they were all complaining about was money for health and safety? Two weeks. It was all about money, right? Always. Major League Baseball and the owners have cried about how oh we didn't have fans in the stands and and we lost a lot of money. Well, one that hasn't even been verified. I'm sure they did lose money. There's no doubt about oh God, that. They lost tons of money. But it's about money for them, right? Now all of a sudden they're saying, well, let's push it back two weeks. We'll play 154-game season because just one short season wasn't enough. We got to short another season. Yeah. And on top of that, we'll still pay you for 162 games. Yeah, but I those thought two you were weeks. crying about money before. Those two weeks, man, are really going to so be the difference. So now you want to push it back two weeks and not start on time and then have a shorter season but pay the players more? This makes no sense. It makes zero sense. 
MLB's desire to delay the season is based on, I'm reading right here, based on the recommendation of health experts and the likelihood that doing so would enable the 2021 season to be held when COVID-19 cases have dipped, as Nelson just said, particularly in, uh, particularly in Arizona, which currently has the country's highest rates where half the league holds spring training. Cases in Arizona and Florida have recently dropped, and health officials project they will go down even more between now and the proposal's start date. Okay. So, so so now we're basing this off of projections. So now they're projecting it'll be lower and and much lower at this proposal start date. Remember when they projected 2.2 million people were going to die? Yes. I do. That was a projection that was way off. What if their projections way off and it doesn't decline it it actually spikes well, higher. Here's the okay, the cases in Arizona and Florida have recently dropped and health officials project they will go down even more between now and the proposal start date. Okay, these players now I'm sure some of them do live in Florida and Arizona, but you already had an entire now a 60 game regular season where they played in Florida and they played in Arizona. They They've already done city. it. They They've already done it. City. You've already done it. In fact, the Florida Marlins caught a little bit of COVID, but they still made the effing playoffs. Where are the Diamondbacks at? Were the Diamondbacks knocking on the door too? These teams have the, already done it. The, They've the, already done it. The three teams that were had the huge COVID breakouts were the Marlins, who made the playoffs, the Cardinals, who made the playoffs, and the Phillies, who just missed the playoffs. Okay, Jim, remember, remember at the end, it was like, who could play worse, the Brewers and the Phillies? And the Phillies happened to play worse than the Brewers, so the Brewers slid in as that last wild card. Yeah. And then they got to be they got to have the priv- privilege to be annihilated by the Dodgers in two games. <laughs> yes. So yes, all two out of the three teams made the playoffs, and the third team was right on the doorstep, but they completely choked down the stretch. Okay, we have a question here on Twitch. Um, Vagabond Johnny says, "Why does the two weeks matter so much for you guys? It's it's about the principles of it. If you give an inch, they will take a mile. Remember when it? Remember when the? Because last why, year, why should we all of a sudden have to be accustomed to playing another short season for no reason? This isn't a new reason. They've already played an entire year under this pandemic." They've already done it. And now you have this oh, health and safety guidelines of Arizona and Florida. They already played 60 games plus in those states, and nothing happened. Freddie Freeman got COVID-19. He said he had a fever of 103. He went on and won the NL's MVP. Justin Turner had COVID-19 on the field in the World Series, they pulled him in the seventh inning, and then they let him back on the field to celebrate with his team and their family members. They don't care about health and safety. They've proven it time and time again. It's all about, I don't know what they're trying to do, but it's dumb. It's so stupid. They've already set, they already had a 60-game regular season. They have the best medicals that money can buy. Anyone out there, do you get tested every day? Maybe you do for some jobs, like in the health field. I don't get tested every day. I don't have a team of doctors, if I get it, that are ready to take care of me. You know who does? Major League Baseball. You know who doesn't? The average American. Then they're already bitching and moaning about this. And what's two weeks mean? Well, at the end of the day, 154 season, whatever. 154 game season, whatever. But that's the thing. You're, it's the principle you're crying of it. about money, and now all of a sudden you're shortening the season again for, for a reason that you already knew. We already, you already knew what you were dealing with going into this year. You already played a shortened season because of it. And last year, we already did the same song and dance. First, it started with, okay, well, all right, we're going to delay spring training. We're still going to try and get a 162-game season in. And then it was, well, let's do 130. Oh, actually, oh, we got to meet again. Let's do 110. Oh, actually, let's do 90. Oh, oh I'm sorry, we're meeting again. Now we're going to do 80. Oh, oh, just kidding. Our health and experts, now we're going to do 60. Okay, 60? Okay, cool. 60? All right, 60. Cool, cool. You give them an inch, they take a mile. That's what's happening. Let's see. Jimmy says, I'll st- it'll start with two weeks, then it'll be a month, then we'll go another half season. Exactly. That's what's good. It's Rowdy. We've already seen this story played out last year. And you know how a lot of people like to talk about the data, the science, the numbers? Well, here's this for some data and numbers. The Major League Baseball their whole league played, right? 60-game season. Yes. Thousands and thousands of players, staff members, yep. coaches. Yep. Then you had the bubble in the NBA. Same deal, same startup, right? Yep. Then you had the bubble in NHL. No, yep. Then before Major League Baseball has even started again, you had a startup of the NBA playing 
not in a bubble again. Yep. And the NHL, not in a bubble again. Correct. How many players have died? How many coaches have died? Like, I think it's zero. These are like the healthiest people. They have the and athletes everywhere they have with the, the best, best medicals. doctors. And you haven't seen one major death. I don't get what they're stopping for. Well, I don't get why they keep putting everything on pause. Freddie Freeman won the MVP. Yeah, he, had COVID-19. he did. He won MVP. They let Justin Turner back on the field to celebrate the World Series victory with a positive test. They full well know he had it. They pulled him from the game. And then afterwards, under the guise of health and safety, Manfred's like, oh, it's fine. Yeah, like, Justin Turner, that doesn't like matter. The He's numbers fine. and the statistics show that people that are higher risk should should stay socially distant. Yeah. Should, you know, kind of do their own thing. People that live in nursing homes, people that are above the age of 70. I understand that. These people aren't that. Yeah, and they've already went through a whole year where they've played their seasons or parts of seasons. Why are you pushing back another two weeks? It makes no sense. And if you don't want to do it, then you can opt out. No one's no one's no one's mad if you opt out. Like just opt out then. <laughs> We're already gonna delay the season two weeks. It's it's already being talked about, and you give them an inch, they're gonna take a mile. These are these are people that are eighteen to forty years old that play in these professional sports. I mean, they have the best doctors and medical staffs that you could pay for. Yeah, I mean, any average American would love to have that, wouldn't they? Instead, the health care just bends us over instead. But no, let's let's delay it two weeks off of a projection that may or may not be right for literally no reason. Because your testing and all of your routine that you go through every single day for the next six months, it's going to be the same, and it'll be the exact same that you went through for the two months you played last year. Boggles the mind. You had the thing that pisses me off the most is you've already done it, like, and then you had all the off season to figure it out, and here you are still trying to figure it and out. I, and I under like the people that are going to argue with, well, the NBA and the NHL pushed their seasons back, yeah, because they took a huge gap in year and finished later than they normally finish, so they were giving their bodies time to kind of, you know, get back to normal, give them some time off. That's why they pushed their season back, not the fact that they blame COVID again. The- the part that boggles my mind is how Major League Baseball hasn't figured it out yet. Well, again. How have you not figured it out? COVID is, if there's one thing that COVID has proven. There's idiots everywhere. Like, everywhere in life is the amount of people that are in charge of making decisions are very incompetent in a lot of different organizations. Every, and, and it's every walk of life, hands down. Just went and took a really cold shower. Cool down from it. All right, Rowdy. Very interesting for Major League Baseball. Yeah, I'm still kind of pissed about it. I think everyone's pissed. It's Even just... with a cold shower, I'd still be hot. <laughs> you run hot, Rowdy. You run real hot. Well, it's like, now so, I'm going to okay, have to here sit here, and I'm going to have to listen to you know the Brewers' ownership and, and David Stern sit up here about how we can't spend money, and you know we can't have fans in the stands for another year, so we're not going to spend this year. We're not going to spend next year. And I'm just going to sit there and w- watch as they waste Christian Yelich. They waste the years of Josh Hader. They waste, waste the years Brandon of Brandon Woodruff. Woodruff. They waste and Corbin Burns. And I have Burns. to sit there and go, oh, but Major League Baseball, thank you. Thank you for allowing more teams into the playoffs so my 29 and 31 Brewers can make the playoffs <laughs> just to get prisoned by the Dodgers in two games. Thank you. Thank you. That's funny. That's good. That's funny. But it's so stupid because they're never oh, they're never going to spend any money because they're not letting fans in. They're never going to be competitive again because now all of a sudden the Major League Baseball is letting so many teams into the playoffs. They don't they can kind of skate by by not having to spend money or really trying to go after winning, but they can please <laughs> enough fans go to off buy King. enough, go off enough jerseys so that they can make it in as like the the 6 seed or the 7 seed. Well actually, we're going to have 10 teams in the playoffs. I don't this know. Year. Maybe they can make it in as the 8 seed again and play the Dodgers cuz that went swimmingly the first time. Rowdy, we're going to have even more seeds coming in now. Everyone's going to qualify now. We're going to have – here we go. Are you ready for this? Right now they're going to delay it two weeks. I mean, it's not official yet. They're gonna, we're going to wait two weeks, and then we're going to wait another two weeks because they won't come to agreement. Then wait another two weeks because they won't come to agreement. We're going to get a 60-game regular season again, but now every team is going to be just, allowed into the playoffs. I'm just so sick and tired about having to hear about how they can't spend any money and all this yada, 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 when no matter how good or how bad the Brewers are, Milwaukee Brewer fans, 
they go to the games when they're allowed to religiously. Yeah, oh, you yeah. can look at they're always top how, fifteen or better. How bad the Milwaukee Brewers have been over the years, and their attendance and, and is always still, there. They're still pulling in two and a half million people when they're good. They're pulling over three million people. Yep, the attendance is in the top. What third percent? Pretty much every single season, no matter if they're the NLCS team or if they're freaking seventy wins, they better they have fans still in the stands. Flock, and you know, Wisconsin fans still drink a lot of beer and eat a lot of hot dogs. So when yeah. they let fans in, whether they're good or bad, I'll people are spending I'll money there. and they're there. I'll be Yet there. You still have to listen to the excuses. Is well, we paid for a forty to fifty million dollars of renovations in Arizona, which we're not. We're going to push back two weeks and have it two weeks shorter. Yes. And uh, mm. we went in red because we spent one hundred and twenty-five million and paid for fifty million uh, for that new spring training that we're not even going to really use the mm. last two years. Yes, and mm. uh, and. Uh, and we can't spend this money. Well, you know what? You knew that to win in Major League Baseball when you buy a franchise, you knew that you have to spend money if you really want to be a winner. So I guess if you don't want to spend money and try and win, then sell Whoa, the team. I heard David Stearns was watching a lot of Moneyball because it's on Netflix. Sell the team then if you don't want to spend money and win. Mm, yes. We need to do this and do that, but you can't come in. No. Uh, right here, I'm reading the frustration, besides Ron Nelson's and mine, the frustration surrounding what Major League Baseball believed to be a reasonable compromise was palpable uh, yesterday, I guess. Discussions with the union have been scattershot, and at this junction, two players said it's likely too late in the process to come to an agreement. While the players said they recognize a delay could be uh, pragmatic, doing so when some players are already in spring training cities and all of them have uh, housing around there to likely cancel that, costing thousands and even tens of thousands of dollars for them would be impractical. One player said, quote, a nameless player, unfortunately, we're ready to play. The NFL is playing. The NBA is playing. The NHL is playing. Colleges are playing. Why isn't Major League Baseball exactly, playing? Exactly what the players should be saying. They want to play. Now, last year, we all know it was more about contracts and building up for the 2022 collective bargaining. But this year, there's no excuses. You, you know what's in front of you. Because they already did it. Look at what happened to them last year. They were in spring training when it got canceled. Yep. Guys were kind of in a holding pattern, not knowing exactly what they were doing. Then all of a sudden, they put them on a stop and then say, oh, actually, if you made it into a top 60 guys... Roughly 30 of you are going to go to your uh, the minor league affiliate. The other 30 are going to go to Miller Park for a summer camp. Yep. They were pushed around like that once they stopped, and it led to a lot of uh, winning bets where you weren't uh, exactly. scoring, scoring runs in the first inning because these hitters were just so far out in a funk. All right, we're going to go to the phones here, 608-321-1670. You know, they said they're going to delay the start of the season two weeks. If I remember correctly, when COVID first happened, there was two weeks to slow the spread, right? Two weeks to slow the spread. Maybe that's what the guys are under. Two weeks Whoa. to slow the spread. Well, it started here from nasal swabs in 2020, and now in 2021, they're already started it in China, and they're probably started here. Anal swabs. We went from two weeks to slow the spread to, hey, one year, now spread them. Let's go to the phones quick. Who's this? Uh, Pete, I knew you were going to call in over this topic. I, I could feel it in the air. Well, yeah, We said I, it during break, and I said, I surprised Pete hasn't called in yet. Well, I was out walking my dog while I was listening to... How's the to- how's the weather out there? ...to uh, Toxic Male Radio. Yes, hell yeah. Welcome into Toxic Male Radio, Pete. Yeah, uh, for, you know, I mean, you guys, I, I, I think you're just mad at everybody, and it's all conflated, and I, I think that, that next time the call comes from uh, Mar-a-Lago, uh, Florida, you know, to, uh, to uh, go... Complained at the Capitol. Maybe you guys should go and you know let off some of those. Pete, names. it sounds like it sounds like right now that you have some projection that you're putting onto us. Like, are you are you saying you're that just, we would go to the Capitol and riot now? Well, is that what just, you're trying to say to me? You guys are mad at everybody. He's mad because the Brewers won't spend money. You're what mad does that have to do with going to the Capitol and rioting, Pete? Because you're mad at everybody, and that's all they Pete, were. Pete, I'm they sorry, but that you, you lost everybody. me. You lost me when you tried to compare us to Capitol rioters. That's where you lost me. Okay, well, I, I won't call up anymore. No, you, you don't know, have to do look, that, fine, Pete, but fine. Just don't put words it, in my mouth that no, I'm a capital writer. No, you can, you can you you know, blow off steam any way you want, but that's the way you sound to me. You guys don't make any sense at all. Pete. We've lost almost a half a million Americans. Rowdy says it's okay because it wasn't two and a half. 
that's okay with you. All you care about is your stupid entertainment. Well, Americans are dying for it. Speak. So I'm just saying, since you're mad at everybody, why don't you just go to the Capitol and get it out of your systems? Because you're just mad and you've got, no, you've got no plan. You don't even know who you're mad at. You're just mad. But that's fine. I won't call anymore. You can call, no, man, no, no, don't I'm confuse not. me with no, the Capitol rioter. You guys... You guys have a good show. I wish you all the success in the world. But it isn't just because you didn't get sick from a virus and 500,000 Americans Pete. did. That's not okay. Okay, well, I'm going to take a step back a little bit here, Pete. Did you pipe bomb me? You pipe bomb me. This is a – nothing in this is – maybe it can – is politics have, have gone into everything now. This is not a political stance. This is us talking about Major League Baseball, who has already done a 60-game regular season of people that agreed to play with their teams and have the best medicals there is. Because I'll is guarantee not, you. This is not about people who are in nursing homes and dying and about you know half a million that have died. This is about sports. And I guarantee you, just like last season, there will be an opt-out option for anyone that doesn't want to play. Do, will we have Lorenzo Cain playing for the Brewers? I don't know. He took the option last year. He might not be there this year either. And Pete, I love you, man, and I love your opinions, and I don't want you to stop calling in because I love hearing that side and hearing what you have to say. There's no ill will to you, Pete, or anyone else that is is construing this for us getting about capital riots. This is, that blows my mind. What it is is there's already a 60-game regular season. They played the groundwork to do it after delaying it for months. And now they're already talking about delaying it again. That has nothing to do with nursing home deaths, the half a million plus that have unfortunately have passed away, or left or right politics. It is about Major League Baseball right now and the players who say they want to play, and they're already talking now about delaying the season despite already having a season and the best medicals that they can buy. If they don't want to play because they're nervous for their health, then it's all their right to do so and to opt out. I am totally fine with that. I don't, I'm not mad at them for doing that. I am mad at the lack of accountability from Rob Manfred and the higher-ups of Major League Baseball of having already a season on their belt and not figuring it out. That's what I'm mad about. Yeah, and also if you look at Major League Baseball, NBA, and NHL, even the NFL, because all those leagues have now played since the pandemic, none of them have added to the death toll. This isn't about, this isn't about nursing homes and about people with you know, other illnesses and people that unfortunately have passed. That's not what this is about. This is a sports talk show. And-